The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to Mobile Marketing Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're gonna take a long look at the small screen and discuss the biggest trend in marketing this millennium, mobile marketing. Each day this week, we're gonna publish an episode that discusses what you need to know about the technologies and tactics behind maximizing the impact of your mobile marketing strategies. With us today is Barry Nolan, who is the Chief Strategy Officer at Swerve, which is both a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast and a platform that enables brands to connect with their customers with relevant messages in real time, with live data, and at scale by combining messaging across channels like push, in-app messaging, email, SMS, and OTT. So far this week, we've discussed how to move towards a mobile-first mindset, the appropriate use of mobile notifications, and today we're going to talk about using mobile geofencing and location data. Here's the third installment of Mobile Marketing Week with Barry Nolan, the Chief Strategy Officer from Swerve. Barry, welcome back to Mobile Marketing Week on the MarTech Podcast. Ben, thank you so much. Looking forward to today's session. It's Wednesday. It's hump day. We're halfway through the week, and we're going to talk about maybe one of the most distinct parts of mobile marketing, which is the idea that you can understand where someone is. Again, I'm going to reference right person, right place, right time. With mobile marketing, more than maybe any other medium, you can understand whether you're in the right place. So talk to me a little bit about how brands are understanding and interpreting location data when they get a potentially never-ending feed of signals. Location is one of the most interesting parts and components of mobile marketing, and it's perhaps one of the most misunderstood parts of mobile marketing. So I'm sitting here in our offices. I'm in Dublin, Ireland today. And to get home, I actually walk through, through a high street effectively in Center City, and I jump on the train to go home. And a definition of location-based marketing hell would be, as I walk up past all these stores and shops, they're offering me 10% off or 5% off or come here. And they would do that two times a day as I walk to work and as I walk out. And that's actually what people think about in terms of location-based marketing or location-based experiences. The beacon signal. Yeah, it's hell. It's like a whole lot of digital hawkers saying, come in, come in, come in. Apple does that. It drives me nuts. (laughs) Apple does do that actually quite a lot around their stores. There's a whole lot to this. We can go into the technology of it. 
But I think the most interesting use cases that have been built around geo are much more subtle. But going back to Mondays and Tuesdays podcasts, it's much more about delivering value to users. So give me some examples of people that are doing it right and examples of people that are doing it wrong. Let's start off with the bad performers. I am an Apple user on multiple devices, but I, every time I walk by an Apple store, I get the ping that says, hey, the Apple store is here. I know where the Apple store is in my town. It's not hard to see. It's the building with the giant glass and the big Apple in front of it. Are there any other examples outside of walking by and getting the push notification where you're thinking that people are getting themselves into trouble using event-based data? Well, the big thing about location is that your customers are trusting you, the brand, to give them your location, sometimes continuously or sometimes quite often when you open the app. And that is an incredible permission that those customers are giving you. And there's lots and lots of sort of obviously layers about security and privacy, et cetera. You mentioned Apple and you frequently pass an Apple store. And every time Apple are unhelpfully reminding you that the Apple store is right there and you know it. So when you do location-based marketing, you really have to have a whole different layer of tools to be able to, we call them cooling off periods. If this person is always going past this store, maybe don't message them. So there's a whole stack of levers and throttles and frequency capping you have to build in because quite quickly it becomes, as you sort of articulated, incredibly annoying and incredibly interrupting. And going back to Monday, Tuesday, golden rule is not adding value to the customer. So let me give you one example of adding value to the customer. I think I spoke about Ryanair on Monday, one of our customers. They do about 140 million passenger journeys a year. They, as an organization, have an incredible mobile mindset in terms of reimagining customer engagement around mobile, but with the goal of delivering value to that particular user. So what Ryanair will do is, and I think yesterday we spoke about the amount of signals that come in in real time that create audiences of one that are relevant to that individual. And anytime your marketing is getting there, your marketing will be valuable to that user. It's a value exchange. So if I'm on a train from London to Gatwick, and so I'm flying from Gatwick with the big airport set of London, what you're actually going to do is break a number of what we call geo lines. There's so many ways you can actually draw geo and context on the world. So you break a number of geo lines. So this geo line you've gone through, and we can also track velocity and speed. And very quickly, you work out, okay, you're on the Gatwick Express. You're on this train. And equally, you can do this with roads as well. And that triggers a signal. Now, you just don't automatically message off that signal. You actually take that signal in and try to make meaning from it. And we spoke about yesterday about multidimensional segmentation. So that signal will come in and say, okay, I've got Barry traveling on the Gatwick Express. Ah, he's flying in two hours. Oh, he's a business traveler because he's on his own today and he's on a same day return from London. And he's also in the past purchased things like Fast Track from us before. Fast track is a big thing in Europe where you pay basically to whisk through security, cost $10 or something. But that's intent. What that signal has done is saying, Barry's on this train, he's got two hours of his flight, probably a little bit tight for making it, reach out to him. And their particular campaign will say, you in a hurry? Why didn't you purchase fast track and whisk through security today? And actually the purchase button is right inside the mobile notification. So it's relevant, it's real time. It's in the moment. There's a good value exchange. It's super simple to be able to convert. And it's a really valuable use of location in that context. So that's one of the right ways to do it. And that campaign just works incredibly well for them. 
the takeaway here is that you're using location to build more a deeper and richer customer profile, right? You're understanding the context of location. You mentioned using velocity and the geo lines, understanding when somebody is commuting, likely when they're at home, likely when they're at work. Google is great at this. Hey, you normally travel home right now. Heads up, here's a notification. It's a 20 minute commute. And that's value of like, actually, if that thing's 45 minutes, I'm going to sit and work for another half an hour and wait for the commute to go down. I'm instead of sitting in my car. You've nailed it. That's the essence of what mobile is, is that real time continuous connection with customers and converting that into value for that customer. Yeah. And in the sense of using location data, it's not just necessarily understanding when somebody walks by a store to send them push notification that there is a sale or let them know where you are. It is also understanding the experience that they're going through and the context at which they're traveling or where they are. Exactly. Let me give you one other example. So we work with a big coffee chain. Again, going back to my rant about bad location-based marketing to start where Come in, come in, come in and get 5% off your latte, which is what, 20 cents, 30 cents, who cares, right? People confuse discounts with value. What they're instrumenting, again, is an understanding of users. So if it's in the morning and not in the afternoon, and if it's just once a day, this is stores you might pass to and from on your way to a train station. It's like you're approaching the store and the notification is, hey, do you want your usual Americano? Do you want to grab it or latte or chai latte or whatever your caffeine of choice is? It's that type of notification works pretty well. And it's frictionless. It's like those Amazon Go stores where you walk in and you walk out. So it's using location in that context. And again, it's a value exchange. It's convenience. Consumers always, they never say it, but they do. They always value putting a place a premium on convenience over discounts, especially something as frequent as that. And actually what you're doing in those cases is also nurturing habits. So that's an interesting use case of location. And it isn't an obvious thing, but it's actually building location native to the experience. But it's almost like frictionless. It's almost invisible. You turn off a light switch, turn on a light switch, your light comes on, you turn on a faucet, the water comes out. You don't think about the technology behind it. It's just a natural frictionless experience. One of the best location, or I guess this is location, and it's also event-based, and I combine the two of them in some regard where you have an airplane flight ticket in your wallet. I'm thinking of the iPhone where the app is the wallet. And when you show up to the airport, your pass is already presented with a notification, but it's actually a silent notification. Talk to me about the delivery mechanism when you're combining events and mobility with push notifications. Is there a best practice there? You know, should everything be delivered with a buzz and a ring? Can you deliver things silently? Is there a reason why the coffee store just doesn't have your loyalty rewards card present on the front screen of your phone before you walk in? Things like silent notifications, just explain silent notifications. Basically, it's a push notification from your in-house systems or effectively to that user's app, but the user sees nothing. And what it's actually doing is waking up the app to trigger something. And originally it was built around media organizations so that you would download today's newspaper effectively. It's still used heavily for that. And there's all sorts of other esoteric technical use cases as well. So yes, I mean, those things are used in that way in terms of silent notifications. So it sort of preps an experience inside the app, especially if it's triggered by location. But also location has other silent capabilities, like lots of companies will use location to understand attribution. 
So if they run a campaign on a different channel and they want to see attribution, a conversion event, did it drive feet to this particular store or this particular event? You can tie those two things together. And that's quite a lucrative economy, actually. Quite an important use case, especially if you're spending lots of money on other channels. So location is used in that way. Or location is also used for analytics, which are important routes or which are important ways people walk in a particular city. You know, I never realized how impactful event data and location data was and what a hot topic it was, specifically in MarTech. We had Jeff White, who's the CEO of Gravy Analytics on our show. It's been a couple of months and it's still the most popular episode we've ever had on the MarTech podcast. And it was the idea of using event-based location as a data source to understand not only where your customers are, but what events they're going to. Can you give me some examples of how people are using event-based data, not necessarily just somebody's current location? Yeah, so geo can be used as analytics for the physical world. So if you've got a large population of users frequently sharing their data with you, you can infer you know, what your important stores, which are important locations. If you're in an airport, you can work out how people get to that airport. Did they get by taxi? Did they come by train? Which doors and entrances did they go through? And all that type of information is super interesting. Geo capabilities, especially when Swerve, have got so sophisticated. You can get down to sub five meter accuracy. You can start understanding dwell time and how long people are dwelling in location and leaving. So all of these signals basically give you Google Analytics for the physical world. That's where mobile is when you think about it. It is a bridge between the digital world and the physical world. And geo is the sort of language and the analytics effectively to interpret that. So there's a couple of things that we've covered today in the sense that using mobile notifications, location-based or using geofencing at times is an appropriate practice, but a lot of times it's what people think about when they're like, okay, mobile phone and location data, how do I just trigger when somebody comes near a physical store? And that is, in my opinion, most cases far from best practice. What's interesting and what's appropriate is understanding the context in which somebody is traveling, right? Understanding what events they're using and then building your customer profile to understand context where you can deliver the right message at the right place at the right time. Do you have any last thoughts on some other ways that people are using geofencing and location data? And what do you advise your customers to think about when they're integrating this into their marketing practice? So again, it all comes back to relevance and delivering relevance and value to the users. And I just said that mobile phones, by definition, are with us all the time. And they are a bridge between the digital world that we all sort of commute in, in terms of MarTech and the physical world and the context of our usage. And what we see in Swerve is that those campaigns that use that context especially in the moment, to deliver relevance to that user in that physical, you know, where they physically are, convert the best, work the best. Those campaigns that just use that location in a very spammy and irrelevant way are actually doing really, really bad marketing and the pure definition of interruption marketing. So be relevant, be contextual, and use location in a very thoughtful way. Okay. That wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Barry Nolan, the Chief Strategy Officer from Swerve, for joining us. If you'd like to learn more of Barry's tips for building an effective mobile marketing strategy, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we're going to discuss how to integrate AI into your mobile marketing.
If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Barry, you can find a link on his LinkedIn profile. You can send him a tweet where his handle is Barry No, B-A-R-Y-N-O, or you could visit his company's website, which is swerve.com, S-W-R-V-E.com. A couple of links in our show notes that I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, don't worry about it. Just head over to MarTech Pod, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We'd love to hear from you, so we created benjshap.com question, where you could send us your topic suggestions or marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P, on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our conversation with Barry Nolan, the chief strategy officer at Swerve, we're going to publish an episode every day during the rest of the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Or if you'd prefer to have our content delivered to your inbox, we also have a once a week newsletter that summarizes all of our episodes. To subscribe, go to benjshap.com newsletter. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.